Throughout kaiju film history, dozens of projects have been lost to the ages. As time has ravaged film stock and limited re-releases of minor projects from around the world, this week we decided to make a special edition of the podcast where we take a break and examine those missing movies that may never ever see the light of day. This is Kaiju versus History, Kaiju Lost Films. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Patrick. Joining me is the Missing Miles here on this week's KVH. And hey, happy one year anniversary to the podcast when when this episode comes out, Miles. That's wild. (laughs) This uh, this, this entire show has kind of snuck up on me in general. Yeah, I think around my birthday actually <laughs> last year is when we released the first couple of episodes of kaiju versus history which we did i think talk at that time about some some lost kaiju films the history of of kaiju movies but we're going a little bit more in depth this week as as we take a a pause in our chronological movie watching to to talk about some some stuff we've mentioned before in in lost media for for different kaiju properties. We mentioned it in the season one wrap up of everything up to 1960, like the 1950s of scenes that were cut from movies and movies that we didn't get around to reviewing because, well, we don't have access to them. <laughs> they are lost, uh, lost films. Yeah. And. Uh, and that's something we're going we're gonna to further define in a second, because there, there's another kind of offshoot of lost films that we will talk about at a later date of, of <laughs> movies that the much larger <laughs> yeah. uh, amount of lost media, which is uh, never made media, <laughs> never made or Unmade. there are some that, that are, are questionable. There's one that's not on this list that I I assume never got made. It's in a book about lost kaiju media that I own, mm-hmm. but there's something about it that Ishiro Honda, uh, I think, was able to get it available at some point in time. But right. yeah, this this was also supposed to be another episode of the show, right? Well, we were uh, we were thinking about doing a special about lost movies in, I guess, kind of celebration with along with our one year anniversary, celebrate that, but a celebration of a movie that is no longer lost because earlier this year in 2022, we got the very exciting news that SRS cinema who I've, I've purchased a bunch of DVDs from them before have gotten the film rights and a, the, the ability to remaster what was once thought to be a lost movie, the South Korean film space monster Wang Mugui, and they got the right to publish it as as a, a DVD. And this was a movie that was released in South Korea in 1967, but had never seen a U.S. release and had thought to that like the film had thought to have been lost. So it hasn't been screened, I think, since the 60s in any theater. I believe it was supposed to be at the Fantasia Festival this year. Right, yes. Yeah, so I think they have already 
potentially shown it when we're recording this in early September, but it still hasn't come out on home video yet. And pre-sales haven't started on SRS Cinema's site. So <laughs> we were going to do immediately after this. That will now be another special episode because this episode is, I think, in our chronological schedule where it would be. So it's a lost podcast episode and it's a lost <laughs> kaiju movie episode of of the show so we're not going to talk about space monster mong mogui in this episode because we're going to have an entire episode about it once we actually get to watch it which i'm very excited about uh (laughs) i don't know was your before the the announcement was made had you heard of that film it's it's like the first kind of modern kaiju film from from south korea you know you know set in the modern day i should say yeah, because I mean, this was technically, I think, released before Yongari, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. So this in our chronological podcast <laughs> watch list would have come right after Gappa the Trifibia Monster in 1977. But yeah, we we are going to watch that in the future when we get access to the the film, to the DVD and I had not heard of it before then, before this podcast. No, no, I, I, had, I certainly hadn't heard of it before because, I mean, it's a it's lost, lost that yeah. never had a release here. And, you know, South, South Korea has not had a lot of movies that have made, or at least a lot of kaiju movies that have made a massive splash. Well, Yongri was the Europe. only one that I had heard of, but we actually have another one we're going to talk about this week that we had mentioned in our season one wrap up. but. Let's get into this week's episode, and we don't have any title stuff to talk about at the front here, but we do have some definitions that we need to yeah. get right. So and I what, was about to say, Patrick, I, I let's talk about what we're defining as a lost film for this specific episode, mm-hmm. because lost films tend to encompass a lot of things. And yeah, we are specifically talking about a completed film that no longer exists as far as we know, in any studio archive, private collection, or public archive, mm-hmm. and or if they do, they are, they are no, they are not made ready to be general public or general public access, and that's what we're talking about here. And you know, as we as we just you know just discovered with this one South Korean film, you know, these movies get found. I mean, it's not always yeah. the case, but these movies do get found, and it's almost always by accident. Uh, I think that you made a note that nearly seventy percent of all silent films ever made have been lost to history. Yeah, so just because it—I mean, it was a completely new art form. You know, the technology for s- the storing of the films in, in the silent film history, uh, uh, silent film age wasn't top snuff. So if you, if you don't keep them in like a humidity and heat controlled environment. The, the film gets <laughs> destroyed. It, it, it yeah. like super ages. And we'll talk about with some of the films that are lost media on our, our kaiju list here. The Southwest Pacific, where a lot of the, the lost kaiju media comes from, one of the hottest and wettest <laughs> places on the planet. So you, and, and, you and the, also a place where a lot of studios choose to house warehouses filled with film. There are many movies not just in kaiju that mm-hmm. have had all sorts of content completely lost 
I think the 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 actual director's cut of Event Horizon is lost to time because of a flood in South America. Right, right, yeah. It's, I it's believe Friday 7 is uh, the victim of the same thing, where the the masters just got horribly damaged in a fire or flood, and it's thought like these things sometimes pop up in these private collections, usually after someone passes. One of the first massive disaster films that came out the same year of King Kong, Deluge, which mm-hmm. is the first on-screen destruction of New York. I think I mentioned that in our first episode. It became available like a couple years ago because they finally found yeah. the English uh, language track. Yeah, yeah. And and we actually, I think we talked about it in, I believe, Young Gary as well. I think only about 50 minutes of the original Korean film of Young Gary is available the the one that that we watched was based on the american adaptation of of the film so that's one reason why if a movie gets international distribution they produce a lot more film stock that mm-hmm. goes out around the world and they re-edit it in you know with different dubs or or what have you add in footage that helps preserve a lot of those films and all the ones we're going to talk about today. That did not happen. It did not. These films did not get wide release out of their country of origin. So unfortunately, when those, you know, say they made 10 reels for all the theaters in in the country, that is a recipe for disaster. And as we see, movies get lost. They go go missing. And sometimes they do show up like Space Monster or Wang Mui. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's an unfortunate side effect to I mean even especially if something was like a TV show from the era I oh, mean there are yeah. there there are episodes of Doctor Who that are lost. Yep, yep. Uh, we we talked about the kaiju television show Marine Kong, which has like mm-hmm. one episode, one full episode that has been been archived. And yeah, so for this episode, we're going to talk about a few films. I, I figured since we can't watch them and we can't review them, we instead can give them a score on one to ten about how badly wish we wish we could get them. How, how much we <laughs> I, want? I, our, I like that. I our like hands that. on them. A preemptive score. <laughs> and we had already talked about lost media or like footage that was cut from films, the giant bugs from 1933's King Kong or Godzilla eating a cow in the 1954 film. So we're not going to talk about footage i I did want to focus this on full feature length or short films that were completed but we don't have access to and we already discussed king kong that appeared in Edo from 1938 and um, japan's king kong or waseo kingu kongu from 1933 they're not really kaiju movies they are playing off the popularity of king kong in japan but one one is about a monkey a large ape <laughs> and the other is about a guy who runs around in an ape suit so not going to talk about them but i wanted to get into it by talking about the earliest of the, the lost films which is probably the first actual kaiju movie from japan which is lost and that is 1934's the great buddha arrival had you heard about this film before miles only because there is a recent film with this mm-hmm. with a similar title. That is correct. And I think the exact same title. But this came out when this episode comes out, I think 88 years ago to the day. It came out on September 14th of 1934. And 
about one year after King Kong. So this is definitely playing on the popularity of King Kong throughout the world. And what if Japan made its own giant, not really monster, but giant kaiju, giant creature. And the plot for this one is the great Buddha in the temple of Kotaku in in Kamakura just stands up, comes alive and walks around Japan eventually apparently walks through heaven and hell. And we, we have some descriptions of scenes from newspaper articles at the time walks over a train, uh, rests his head on a three story building. There's all kinds of crazy stuff that happens in the movie. And it was a brainchild of the director, Yashiro Adamasa, who was one of the original filmmakers of, of Japan trained a very young EJ Subaraya before world war two and probably inspired a whole generation of, of young Japanese filmmakers. Uh, you, you mentioned that there was a kind of a remake. What, what do you know about the 2018 semi sequel film? I, hmm. Have you heard I about who's in it? I, I, I have, I just haven't remembered it. Dimension's not in it, is it? No, but it, I mean, there's like a ton yeah. of classic Showa. Yeah, actors. there's, there's, there's something that we, I, I remember looking it up not too long ago. I, I'm blanking on it, but I remember like seeing that, like, oh, this shows up and this shows up. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's feature length. I don't think it's a short film, but it has Akira Takarada playing himself in the movie. He plays himself as, and it's one of his, I think it actually is his final kaiju movie appearance before he died, unfortunately, earlier this year. But it's got a bunch of of classic kaiju actors, and it's more like a love letter, I think, to kaiju films. But it recreates some of the scenes of the original, and that story supposedly posits that the original movie was like kind of documentary, (laughs) like it actually happened, and it happens again. I've added into our notes a picture of the statue, which is really, really cool. It is massive. It is like 50 feet tall in its resting position. So standing, it probably would have been 80 feet or so. And you can find images online. They they did some recreation things for the 2018 film. And yeah, I don't know. What is your desire to see the original movie, the 1934 film? But it's pretty high for me. I, I think this would be pretty cool to if it, they ever did find the the footage. This is pretty high for me. I would I would say eight out of ten. Yeah, uh, I I I really would like to see this because one, it showcases that you know it's not just a reaction to King Kong because I mean this went in a year, mm-hmm. and yeah, they, they might have gotten wind of King Kong and some people might have seen it, but like you know it was still making its way because I don't I don't think Japan got King Kong in nineteen thirty three if I recall right. No, I think it came out thirty four. So I think this is definitely. Cashing in on like how how popular it was the there. I, the concept and and I I would have loved to seen like you know a pr- I mean because we don't get anything until you know proper until Godzilla or Go- Gojira yeah, yeah so and this so is- I would have liked to have seen like the pr- like Japan's proto kaiju film yeah and I'm we we do have plans for the 2018 film to 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 watch here on the podcast but. Yeah, for me, also an eight out of ten. I think if if we could ever get a a full viewing of this one, it would be definitely worth it to see the 
person that trained EJ Superaya, see where some of his techniques and ideas came from. And you would think the next movie on our lost films list is going to be another Japanese film it is 1957. So we're <laughs> fast forwarding 20 years because we are. I do have these in chronological order, I think, for the most part. 1957's film Tokyo 1960. A little confusing there. The title of the movie is <laughs> Tokyo 1960. It is not a Japanese film. though. <laughs> this it's was very confusing. Yeah, this is basically the exact same thing as Godzilla King of the Monsters, but in the Philippines. The People's Pictures in the Philippines released this movie, took the, I think they took the King of the Monsters footage, but took the original Gojira film in some form and used local actors and inserted them into scenes in the film. So this is one of many <laughs> variations on the classic 1954 Gojira. We got we got this poster here, Miles, in our notes. I like the, it. It's 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 fun. I, yeah. I, I think the title is unfortunate. Yeah, Tokyo 1960 uh, it's doesn't just, inspire a lot. No. And I mean, by this time, you know, the whole world knows Godzilla and yeah, so, well, it, it's it's only three years after Gojira came out, so it's definitely popular. I mean, I understand why they did this. The same reason why there was an American version with King of the Monsters is to make it more accessible to right, wider but, but King of the Monsters had become, you know, a worldwide phenomenon. Yes. Yeah, that so, all agreed to. I, I, I just feel like, I, I, was this even on our, what's in a title? Uh, no, because this is technically a different movie and we don't have access to it. None of the footage has been found, which is quite a bummer. So I'm, I'm, I am kind of curious about your rating for this one because I mm -hmm. feel like we might be disagreeing. I, 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 I don't think they're going to do anything additionally that we didn't already see in Godzilla King of the Monsters and it's not going to have some of the same gravitas that was brought to by by american actor and you know they, they didn't change too too much for for that film and i've already seen that movie before <laughs> it'd be interesting academically to to view just how every country <laughs> chops up the original gojira film and we're going to talk about another one before this episode's out but it's it's pretty low on my list. I, I rated this one a five out of ten. Is how much I want to watch it. I'd be I, excited if it was found. I, I would though. I I would very much like to check this out because mm -hmm. in the same way that I would not I would not have expected the American Godzilla film to honestly be decent or hold a candle to right the original. And the fact that it can stand on its, on its own and be a pretty thoughtful picture was still a big surprise. Obviously, I, I, I still greatly, you know, prefer Gojira, but this, that 56's uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, it was a surprisingly great time. I would be very curious to see what another country did with kind of doing the same concept. Uh, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm popping it up. I mean, I'm still not like, in a hurry to see another version of the original Godzilla story. But at the same time, 
I'm I'm super curious, and so I, I'm I'm going seven out of ten for this one. Okay, next in time, five years later, we lost a South Korean film, a Daikaiju picture, which no longer exists in the form of 1962's Bulgasari, which is also romanized as Pulgasari, which of course. This movie will be retold a couple of times. Yeah. And we have access to a few of them in Kim Jong Il's North Korean, <laughs> uh, Polgasari, but uh, as well as the spiritual sequel made by the same director in Galgamath. And putting these three films together, it is history wise, story wise, the craziest trilogy of, of films ever made in Gaiju history. Well, especially when you look at the story behind the making of some of those films. Yeah. And this one's this is technically South Korea's first Kaiju film. Right. I think we've seen something very similar in the Daimajin trilogy, which would come out four years after this, but it is a period piece story with a martial artist in an in, in ancient Korean landscape who dies and comes back as the iron eating monster Bulgasari looking for revenge. I, I really dislike the, <laughs> the suit. Uh, and then there's some pictures you can find online. Yeah, of it. The, the suit's not great. Um, <laughs> while, while academically, I think it would be extremely, exceptionally interesting to watch the very first uh, South Korean kaiju film. The movie itself doesn't inspire a ton of confidence, so I'm I'm going to sit at a five out of ten for this one. I'm I mean I, I would I like to see it sure, but I'm I'm not you know heartbroken. I think I would watch I would want to watch this a little bit more than Tokyo 1960. I gave it a six out of ten. Apparently, it's not very good when it came out. It, it did get lambasted, which may be one of the reasons they didn't push to bring this movie overseas the, the same way that they would other films. And that, that was part of the goal is to make something so bombastic that you can get international play. So maybe, maybe it wouldn't have been worth it, but just because I would like to see the entire trilogy of Bulgasari, Polgasari and Galgamath, <laughs> I'd rate this one a little bit higher. Miles, have you heard of our next film, 1966, Gogola? I have not. This is one of the only Indian Daikaiju films produced and distributed in 1966 by Indra Danush Films. And once again, we have no footage. The, the balmy <laughs> temperatures which they kept the, the studio archives means that nothing is available for for this film. We do have, you know, story elements uh, that were brought up, you know, written about and, and things like that. From from what I read, it is very much a Godzilla style story It is a sea monster rises up, terrorizes the Indian coastline and they develop a poison and one of the locals has to dive down to deliver it to this monster. So it stops. I, I guess that's actually <laughs> the similar to some of our 1950s <laughs> giant monster movies. Like it came from beneath the sea, but it, it's a movie that we've, we've seen before the, the novelty of it being like India's sole Kaiju film doesn't 
really bring it up for me point wise. Once again, academically, if this resurfaced, just like Space Monster Wang Mangui, I would want to see it. But yeah, just for a suitmation alone, the the suit is is a little Barney, <laughs> a little I, demented I kinda, Barney. I think the suit's kind of cute, to be honest. <laughs> I'm 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 a fan of this suit. It's it's trying, uh, not not hard, but it's trying. Yeah, I, it, I think I would want to see this probably a little bit more than you do. This, uh, the skin of the suit kind of looks like felt. It doesn't look like very reptilian. So I'd be I interested just, to see I, how it I showed think, up on film. I think film. this movie like objectively looks like a good time. Whether it's a good movie remains to be seen. But I <laughs> I also would love to see India's first kaiju film. Yeah, and um, so for me, I'm 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 going six out of ten. I would still really like to see this. I'm going down to a four out of 10. I, I think it is, yeah, like I said, academically stimulating, but not, not a, an interesting kaiju flick. We've, we've got, we got so many of the Godzilla knockoffs, but what about Godzilla re-releases, Miles? Have you heard of Kozilla? I actually have. I think we've talked about it before. 1977. We're going forward a whole decade here to Luigi Cozy's Godzilla re-release. And the reason I have heard this movie is partially because of who was involved in this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because there's there's some Italian. This is an Italian release of the film. Folks that have gone on to some more notoriety after this but luigi cozy released a version in 1977 to i guess cash in on the popularity of the king kong movie that was coming out and the it's called the godzilla el rey de mostri so the king monster godzilla the king monster and it is a reissue of the original king of the monsters so this isn't gojira but the American re-release of King of the Monsters that adds several minutes of very graphic World War II stock footage and does something pretty special, Miles. They colorized the film using the process known as Spectrorama 70, which is awful. <laughs> it's just they added gels to the the film. So it's not like, you know, sometimes you see colorized black and white films and they painstakingly go through those images. This just like is washes over the entire film stock. In some some instances, you get multiple colors, but it never matches up because it's usually like laid over or behind, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, I've, I've, I've certainly seen plenty of movies like yeah. this. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe... Maybe there's a reason you don't see a ton after the 70s uh, of them them doing this. But yeah, wh- wh- why, have, why have you heard of Kozilla before? Because composer Fabio Frizzi did a cover of Prayer for Peace for this version's soundtrack. Fabio Frizzi is well known in the horror movie circle for mm-hmm. mostly composing the horror films of Lucio Fulci. I have met Fabio Frizzi. Oh, yeah. I have- I have attended a live scoring of Lucio Fulci's The Beyond with Fabio Frizzi playing wow. and composing or conducting live. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. And I didn't talk about his Godzilla. I didn't really seem super keen to talk about this. This was a couple years ago. This is pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the same like like four-month span, I got to see Claudio of Goblin and, and, and Goblin 
perform Dario Dento's Deep Red live, getting to see the beyond was very, very special. And so I, the reason I would really want to see this is just to see Fabio Frizzi's music over mm-hmm. the Godzilla film for, for no other reason other than that. <laughs> well, I have good news, Miles. You technically can view this movie. There are transfers of it that have survived. I don't believe there are any official re-releases. I don't know if I don't know what legally they were able to do because I think well, 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 the, the legality in in Italy is <laughs> yeah um, exactly a suggestion when it comes to film. So I don't think you can get an American dub or sub of this movie, which is why I added to the list, and it's very interesting to talk about for several reasons. But you can, and I do suggest. Go listen to the music. It was pretty, pretty interesting to, to scrub through the poster for this is also known as Godzilla 1977 or what have you. The poster has a Godzilla eating a train that we've seen before in the foreground. The background, uh, what I've added into the notes here, Miles, is a giant atomic fireball behind him which is um, like oh. i love this poster by well, the way yeah, i feel think- i feel like there were some probably bootleg or american releases of this specific image mm-hmm. i remember seeing this a lot as a kid right yeah so th- this is the italian poster for it and it, it declares it has raymond burr in the movie and he's still kicking at, at this time and and very popular but the, the atomic fireball, you're like, oh, that's just flashy marketing. No, they have actual footage of atomic fireballs, atomic testing that they spliced into this movie. It starts with the the bombing, I think, of Japan, which is bananas, you know, that they would add this in. But they're that's not the only thing. Supposedly, when this movie was released, they also wanted to do a sense around version of it, which is like. You know, the the sound system kind of like shaking the theater, like if there was an earthquake on the screen or something, they they could not afford that. So Cozy made his own version called Future Sound. People that watched it supposedly got sick because they used low frequency bass to kind of like <laughs> pummel the the studio with the sound system that. I, I will say this is probably the least the the one that I want to watch the least because I I you can watch it you can <laughs> go and find fan subs of this film but no official re release and if you just skim through it looks a little gross some of the colorizations is like very off putting <laughs> it seems like a not an official release obviously of a movie but something that someone kind of threw together. Yeah, I I mean, look, I, like I said, I'm I'm super excited about Fabio Frizzi's involvement. Yeah. Do I need to see a recolored version of Godzilla, especially the way they were doing it? Not really. And it's a little bit higher for me just just because of that specific involvement, but it's not much. I'm going to go four out of ten. Mm. But uh, be, I mean, it's because, yeah, I, I want to hear I want to see that live scoring. And, you know, <sighs> You know, we talking about sense around like the best thing sense around did was inspire a great they might be giants b-side oh um, yeah <laughs> it's my favorite they might be giants song <laughs> uh, specifically the version that's on the power rangers soundtrack i know that sounds like a oh i, I want to talk about power rangers the version that's on that soundtrack is a different version than any other commercially released version of that song it's mm-hmm. a different recording altogether 
and it's the best one. That is that is, that is the the legacy that Sense Around has for me. <laughs> right. So I was pretty low. I gave it a two out of ten. But like I said, this one technically it, versions of it are lost, but the the footage has survived if you do want to go watch it. So added this one just because of of the history of it all. But technically, you're not able to legally see the film or see it in any like good quality really i think archive.org has a, a fairly good one but the next movie is really an official well it's both an official lost project and also kind of like uncompleted i don't think this movie has ever been completed but I, I thought they said that film that the filming has been completed and yeah he, and it, it just has to be edited yeah i don't is, think it's been finished we're talking about 1983's wolfman versus godzilla <laughs> have you heard of legendary oh, beast wolfman versus godzilla yes i have <laughs> uh, because the, the director said like in 2016 that the film was was done and they were going to put it on dvd soon obviously that hasn't happened but <laughs> so there there is some version of of this movie that has been finished to a degree and if i'm not mistaken they they use an actual godzilla suit yeah yeah so this is this is a suit that was created for some of the directors uh, shizo nakajima's pet projects and he i think did work with toho in the 70s he made a short film called wolfman versus baragon mm-hmm. so it, it used the the 70s baragon suit as well and i mean that movie is also lost i didn't add that to the list because i i don't even know if like any of that footage has has resurfaced or if that was ever released to in the first place or finished in the first place but that got him wanting to do a larger project and it took about 10 years before him to start filming of this movie you, he has released the director has released a ton of footage and behind the scenes images and stuff that you can find actually you'd be friends with him on Facebook supposedly and, and see some of this footage. Yeah. He keeps talking about this movie and I'm going to say, so this honestly is what I want from Godzilla versus movies is I want weird and different kaiju and having a wolf man one, you've got a bipedal suit that you, the actor can actively kind of engage in battle. The Wolfman costume, while sure, a little silly, is really, really cool. Yeah, it's, I'm a, it's no sillier than Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of this. This is everything I want. And this is this is, I think, for me, one of the cream of the crop situations mm-hmm. like a 10 out of 10. I, I need to see this movie. Yeah, I, I've written in my notes here. Just blend this up, stick it in IV. Juice me up, just put it right into my veins. You know, probably in quality, it's closer to a 70s. I, I would imagine, I would 100% imagine it's closer Champion to like series kind versus of versus Hedera or, or Megalon, and, something yeah, like that. Wolfman kind of has elements of King Cesar, you know, to, to the costuming, but I mean, it still is a white whale of a film, a lost Godzilla film, even if it's a fan made production like this would be so awesome if it, if, if it finally did come, you know, officially or unofficially from, from Toho or from the, 
the director. I, I gave it a nine out of ten for that. I just want more eighties Godzilla movies so bad, <laughs> Miles. Um, I, I I do too. It's that and like it's an interesting creature, and and Toho always seems reticent to create new monsters. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think the most recent original Toho creation of a original monster would have been Godzilla two thousand. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can count Megagarius, but like it's <laughs> fine. Uh, was that Orta or Orga from Godzilla 2000, which looks very mm-hmm. sim- similar to like the Mutos from the 2016 Legendary series or 2014 Legendary series. I I like stuff like this. This is what I, yeah. I, I ideally want from a versus film is I want something new and exciting. And in the latter years of the Showa era, I felt we were getting a lot of these wild swings with Hedera and Gigan and even Megalon, like, and then eventually Mech Godzilla, which was like the denouement of the Showa era. But getting a Wolfman is—I mean, that, that's just—that's so cool. I'm sorry, yeah. it just is. And I think part of the plot is a like a regular human turning into a werewolf and then finally kind of kaijuifying, which is totally cool it's, and not something that, that, we've really seen before either. I, I love that. And I mean, the only way I could be more ex- excited if it, if it was like, Frankenstein it, showed up. Well, no, if it was Godzilla versus Dracula, like <laughs> yeah. if, if you just got a monster sized Dracula or, or like a or like a bat demon. Yeah, like, like a bat humanoid, like man bat kind of thing. Fighting Kaiju would be I, a lot of fun too. be so excited by oh, that. Let's make that movie ourselves, Miles. Let's just start the seedmation process of monster bat versus just make it look like <laughs> Ashira Honda's Frankenstein versus Baragon. <laughs> Just kind of like a caveman <laughs> wearing cows. Yeah. And there's a wolfman. This wolfman is so cool. It does, it's not if you want to look for it online yourself. The, there's some great close up images that it looks more like a Japanese ancient panel art of like a wolf. There's definitely like a lot of style to the the face sculpt and stuff like that, which I, I appreciate. They put in a lot of work. And unfortunately, no one's ever seen it in its entirety. But the next film on our list, people have seen in its entirety. It technically hasn't ever gotten a full release. And that is 2003's Gamera 4, also known as Gamera Truth. It's a fan-made sequel to Gamera 3, Revenge of Iris, which this came out even before or was finished before the 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 last Gamera movie, which is one of your favorites, but yep. this is a 40 to 50 minute film that did get some free screenings in Japan in 2003, but it only came to the U S at G fest 21, 20 and in, in 2014 where Kaiju source podcast and some other people, supposedly only 30 people of the 3000 attendees to G fest were able to, to see this screening, but we have a ton of images. We have some short clips that you can see, but no official release. This is not an official diet camera movie. So probably never going to see it, which, which makes it all the more tantalizing. Well, so in theory, however, because you can see clips, Mm-hmm. I think I am much less enthusiastic about this as you are. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like not completed. It is the the CGI, which is mostly CGI elements here, as well as some some new 
miniatures and puppets and things is not great. But just to finish off and continue the story, because Gamera 3 Revenge of Iris ends on a cliffhanger, is cool that it had enough love that people wanted to see that story. Continue. I mean, well, Gamera 3 uh, Revenge of Iris is, for some people, considered one of the best kaiju movies ever made. Yeah. Um, and so I'm I'm excited for us to get to that eventually. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this is high so on my I, list. I, I also want to see the filmmakers... Because the filmmakers made legitimate ki- modern kaiju films, mm-hmm. I would like to take a look at those before oh, having boy. a final judgment. So um, I've I've seen clips of is it Rago Rago? Yeah. So the the director Shinpei uh, Hayashiya did make his own officially released kaiju films, and that started. They were with- on Prime for a while. I don't know if they still are. I just SRS Cinema, I believe, just released a of course a Blu-ray with all three of them. I have it on my desk over here. But the first one is Raigo King of the Sea Monsters, and then it's Raiga and Raiga versus Uga. I think it's the the third one. And we're gonna watch them on this podcast. But yeah, that they are movies, Miles. They are movies, all right. But I still want to see Gamera Four. I gave this one a ten out of ten. I, I, I think I do just because I'm a huge Gamera fan. I want to see this a little bit more than Wolfman versus Godzilla, but they're they're both up there. And so, from the reviews him. of the time, like a lot of people were calling this a parody of the Gamera films. Well, I think and- is because it wasn't like completed effects and things like that. But yeah, there there are some wacky things. You you can read full like descriptions of of the the plot, and I think the the main villain is a hyper Gauss, who's like a a white yeah. scaled version of of the monster, like a giant white scaled version. And there's like laser swords that come out of Gamera's arms that he fights with. I think I think I think it it certainly might work as an excellent like concept pitch. Yeah. Just based off of the images and the clips that I've seen, I it feels like a 2009 YouTube video. Um <laughs> so I my my I'm am I curious about it? Yes, because the the Heisei Gamera trilogy is I mean, some of the cream of the crop in terms of kaiju cinema. Like you said, Gamera the Brave is one of my favorite kaiju films ever made just because i just have a personal like love for that film and talk about a friend of all children like that one just nails it 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 i think it shares more dna with gamma the gamma versus viras and stuff than maybe some of the initial uh high say stuff because the, the that trilogy is a little bit darker <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that but like he does kind of make friends with children in that movie but the the child actress is like 17 so she's not like very young Yeah, she's younger but like they 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 do a good job with everything i I love the story that 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 trilogy tells it's it's excellent it makes me wish there was more high stake camera because that honestly that era of the two franchises in general are are hard to beat beat. i mean it really you really can't beat a lot of it and i foresee some tens in in the future returning to the podcast um but for for me, I, I mean, I'm I'm a seven out of ten on this one. I I okay. want to see it, but having seen footage from it does cool my enthusiasm a little bit. Well, as as a podcast, that means the the most anticipated and awaited return of a lost kaiju film is 
we need that Wolfman versus Godzilla uh, oh, director Nagajima. Hundred percent. We, we're gonna need to get access to to that. <laughs> right. That's that's all I've got for our, our one year anniversary special here miles there are more films out there that we were not able to get to or we won't be able to get to in the future because there aren't english dubs or subs and things like that just makes it hard to to do for us an english podcast but yeah we'll we'll probably do something similar to this and like i said we're going to talk a little bit more about them when space monster wang magui comes out but uh i'm I'm so excited for the future episode where we talk about some of the unproduced stuff because we're going to we're going to have one. I think the ratings are going to be generally a lot higher (laughs) in terms of wanting to see (laughs) these movies because boy, howdy, are there some guaranteed like, I mean, shut up and take my money situations (laughs) in that. Well, how, how about we come back here? September of next year <laughs> for our two year anniversary. We'll talk about the, the un unmade or uncompleted ideas that, you know, some of them turned into other movies, but I still kind of wish we had gotten a, a chance to see some of the ideas that they came up with. Yeah. There, there, there are some where I'm like, you know, they, they just turned into something else and that's fine, but there are some that, I mean, Especially if you know either of us, where it's like, oh yeah, I would. It, I'm so, we're gonna be talking about Godzilla meets Batman, and I, I <laughs> it's such a wild, wild idea, and I love it so much. Adam West <laughs> Batman too, right? Yeah, so that that's gonna be a, a little while away for that special episode. Maybe we'll do it sooner, but it seems like good fodder for a, a two year anniversary. That that's gonna do it for this week's episode. Thank thanks for Miles for for chatting with me. And thanks for the last year <laughs> talking. Yeah, uh, it's it's been a ride. I mean, you know, it's it's been so fun doing this because, you know, having been a fan of the the subgenre for for most of my life, but but still been designated mostly to like the the, the big kaiju franchises. It's been, I think, a really cool experiment just kind of going through all of these and just just learning about how much wider the kaiju universe was than than i originally thought you know i i knew about gamera and 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 um stuff like young gary but uh, <laughs> there's still so many more things that most people will never see like these lost lost films yeah and i mean i just i'm i just love watching all these in order and kind of seeing you know how how we've gotten to where we are and and especially watching the the cultural ramifications of, of of certain things, like I mean, because Godzilla obviously is the the the, the big breaking point, mm-hmm. but seeing what other people do with that concept, especially once you get past the oh let's rip this off stage, and where people start making really interesting monster movies, which I think is a delayed response. It really doesn't happen until a little bit later mm-hmm. in the century, and especially in the last. I think a couple decades, I think we get some of the more, some of the most interesting science fiction that we've had too with some of these films. And because a lot of people love to kind of shrug off kaiju films. Oh, they're, you know, it's just fodder for MST3K and they're just <laughs> some, big goofy dumb movies. <laughs> so absolutely. I get that. But when you give me a film like, you know, Cloverfield or Godzilla versus Biollante, like these really interesting movies 
that are are doing something with both of its genre and the medium. I just I, I love seeing those dots connected. And, and I think that's one of the advantages of doing this is we get to see in real time, like how how this process happened and what was going on at the time and what led to each of these kind of movements in history happen. And I think that's what the most fascinating part about going through chronologically the history of Kaiju cinema. Yeah, so it, it's taken us a year. We're in the middle of 1967 when chronologically <laughs> with the movies, when this one comes out. Do you have a guess as to what we're going to be watching a year from now at, at episode, you know, after episode 100, <laughs> our two year anniversary, Miles? Oh, gosh, I would probably say we're maybe Maybe by the well, I would I would imagine when that when the the high say era by then right oh so, yes yeah I would um think. maybe around Godzilla versus King Ghidorah ish a little past that actually I think we'll okay. be in versus Mechagodzilla too but yeah 1993 so we're 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 gonna be ripping through a couple decades in the next year a couple seasons well the eighties don't give us too much so no no we talked about that but yep yeah, that will do it for for this anniversary special episode thank you for for watching these with me thank you everyone out there for for listening catch us on twitter at kaiju versus history and yeah we're getting back to our regularly scheduled program next week when you can tune in to catch us return to a, a movie sequel fit for royalty as toho is going to use the last vestiges of its rights to the great iconic ape to film a final classic kaiju adventure. Tune in next time for History versus King Kong Escapes. <laughs> <laughs>